News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. The weekend is here. It's going to be a little chilly in the mornings, but the weekend is here. 704-570-1110. That's the telephone number as well as, if that one's busy, 1-800-WBT-1110. And guys, follow me on X slash Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And I can tell you the last 24 hours has been a little chaotic since the big expose I did last night on Derek Partee, the Huntersville town commissioner who's also running for mayor up there. A lot of feedback, you know, good and bad, happy and sad, happy and mad. And like, I, that's, I, here's the thing that I'll say. Here's the thing that I'll say about it. Not that his party has done this, not that his people have done this as of yet that I've seen. And I don't anticipate that they'll do this. People ask me all the time if I'm worried about personal attacks. You know, calling me names, slandering me, libeling me, whatever. Like running my name through the mud. Honestly, no. I, I, don't, I don't think about that. And name calling right now in today's climate, not, again, I want to reiterate, his team and he has not done that. They haven't done that. And that's to their credit. They haven't come after me, the messenger, or anything like that. Like that has not happened. But no, but just in general, I don't worry about things like that. I, I don't. You want to call me names? You want to say that I'm this or say that I'm that? Like, okay, fine. Like, I may defend myself if I feel like I need to. But generally, I, I, that stuff like that doesn't get to me because things like that are said so much, it just falls on deaf ears. Like, it's just, again, it's like the parent whose child is always crying. Eventually, they just tune it out and they don't hear it all the time. So... I, like, I'm not worried about that. Um, I was just doing my job, and, you know, that's just the way it is. And, you know, there will be other stories, and there will be other politicians, and there will be other athletes and other coaches and other people that I'm going to have to do stories on. And I don't worry about, you know, if they're going to come after me one way or the other. And, again, I want to reiterate, I want to reiterate that, Nothing of that sort has happened since my report last night, and I don't anticipate that it will. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. And if you missed any part of last night's show, you can always just go to WBT.com and on my page, check it out, and it's right there. Okay, so completely separate topic, one that has nothing to do with anything that we just discussed, is what's going on with the Union County situation in the Union County football games? Like, we know CMS for years is known for having major fights and incidents at its football games. Well, there was a major, major one last week in Union County between a couple of high schools. And so now, Union County, uh, their police department, I should say, you know, the police departments, Monroe Police Department's put out statements. Union County schools have put out statements. And there's a lot of new policies going on now with the Union County high football games and probably all their activities going forward. So here's a report this morning from WBTV on this very topic. News from overnight. Police in Monroe have been working with Union County school officials and have identified more than two dozen people who took part in a huge brawl during last week's football game between Monroe and Forest Hills High School. That fight prompted some changes for games starting today. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we want folks to take a look at this. This is the post we spotted on Facebook overnight. Monroe police said they've used social media and surveillance video to ID more than 25 people who are actively fighting. Eight are adults. 
Four are Monroe High School students, five are students at Forest Hills High School, five are students from Anson County, and four were under will be charged and banned from Union County school events since last Friday, uh, since that football game last Friday night between Monroe and Forest Hills. School officials and law enforcement have been working diligently to identify all the people involved in the fights during the game. Our Mary Calkins is live at Porter Ridge High School this morning with more on the changes in effect for tonight's games across the district. Mary. Well, Alex, Superintendent Andrew Houlihan told us it was a series of events that led the district to roll out these new changes that are going into effect tonight. And that's going to include the game happening here at Porter Ridge uh, versus Weddington High School. Now, I do want to get to some video of that game last Friday between Monroe and Forest Hills High School. Now, this, of course, was before that fight broke out. Superintendent Houlihan called this embarrassing and disappointing. It happened between fans at the concession stand, forcing the refs to call the game with five minutes left in the third quarter. Now, earlier this week, the district posted a message to its social media accounts laying out the new guidelines. The new rules require clear bags at events. Now, medical and baby bags are subject to search. Elementary and middle schoolers are to be accompanied by someone 21 or over, and ticket sales end at halftime. These rules are not exclusive to football games. They apply to all district events. Really, the bottom line is we expect our staff, our students, our players, and our community to be safe at all times. And coming to a game should be enjoyable, but it also should, should make you feel like you're in a safe environment. Now, we asked Union County Public Schools parents what they think of these new rules and if they think it will keep students safe. I have that story coming up in 30 minutes. Reporting live in Union County, Mary Calkins, WBTV, on your side. It really is some wild stuff to consider that all these fights and brawls are happening. Again, not just at CMS, although they seem to get, you know, their lion's share of it. And that's probably because they're bigger than everyone else and, you know, double the size, triple the size, quadruple the size of a lot of these surrounding school districts. So just by sheer numbers, you're going to have more incidents involving CMS. But again, there's, it's not just a CMS problem. It's a, it's a problem everywhere. I remember what, I think a few years ago, I think Cod Concord or Cabarrus County had issues with this and they were cleaning state, clearing stadiums, maybe up in the Iredell County, Mooresville area. I, I, it seems like something like that happened as well. I don't understand. And I know it's going to be like, well, back in my day, and blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. I know that's what it sounds like. But I will say this until the day I die. You know who I blame in all this? My generation and the older, gener the older part of, you know, Gen Z. The younger Gen X and just Gen X in general and Gen Z. Or excuse me, the millennials. I, I said Gen Z. I meant the millennials. The millennials and Gen X, they're the ones to blame for this. You know why? Because it was the Gen X who raised the millennials and the Gen Z, and it's the millennials that are raising the younger Gen Z. We're the problem. We're the ones that put all this stupid stuff in their mind, like this, all this gender-affirming care, and you're 12 years old, and we're going to reassign your biological body, and just all this stuff, oh, it's never your fault. It's everyone else's fault. It's not your fault. Oh, you came in last place? Well, guess what? Here's a ribbon. Here's another ribbon. You finished dead last. Doesn't matter. Here's a ribbon. And no, like the, not, not everyone should get a ribbon and not everyone should be catered to. And now everyone thinks they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Well, and then you get a lot of times like the law enforcement backing down like they did in Philadelphia or they do in Chicago or L.A. or San Francisco or New York. 
I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I place all the blame on my generation, Gen X, and the younger generation, the older parts of the millennials. Like, they're roughly, like, they're 40 years old now. So they're the ones raising these 15-year-olds. They're the ones doing it. Not people my age. Although you get the young Gen X and the older uh, millennials, they're the ones raising the people. And it's, it's, it's the parents' fault. I, it's, it's the kids are a product of their environment and what they're taught and what they're not taught and what they are taught to believe and taught not to believe. So, so I put it all on my generation. And like I said, the older part of the millennials, I, I just, I don't know where else to blame except for the parents. It's, it's all us. All right. When we come back, there's a lot of other things going on this weekend. in Charlotte, we got the Charlotte Motor Speedway thing going on. The race up there at the Roval 400. Bo and Beth were out at the Speedway this morning on their show, Good Morning BT. And there's some things going on in Lowell, in Gaston County, that I find absolutely, like, odd, to be completely honest with you. Sounds like a good idea. But the whole thing, if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one there to hear it, did it make a sound? That's sort of what's going to happen in Lowell. And we'll talk about that when we return as well. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen right here on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, 704-570-1110 or 800-WBT-1110. And guys, follow me on X slash Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so the big thing that seems to be going on in the little towns all over, like, the North Carolina area, and even here in Charlotte, like in the Plaza Midwood area, they're talking about social districts and places that you're going to be allowed to drink in public, on the streets, on the sidewalks, like some cities have. New Orleans and others, you're allowed to do that. And I think Memphis, you can do that as well. But there are other places, obviously, where you can't. Well, now there's one tiny, and I cannot emphasize that word enough, tiny town that is thinking about doing this. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know why. It's a town that I know fairly well because it's a town in the county in which I grew up, Gaston County. And the town is Lowell. And if you're not cons- uh, really familiar with Lowell is, Lowell is sort of just north of McCannville. Like you take the McCannville exit on I-85 and it's sort of right there between uh, McCannville, you know, McCannville and the northern part of Gastonia and like Redbud Road and all that. So it, it's, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand people live there. Like maybe. So now they're considering having a social district there. And here's a report from Queen City News about that. Maybe a new place to drink on the streets in Gaston County. Lowell is considering implementing a social district in its downtown area. And that's where we find Casey Jones to explain how all this would work. If city council approves, you will soon see special signs that outline the designated area where people can drink alcohol out of special cups during designated hours. This is all a part of an effort to grow downtown Lowell. City leaders have drafted a plan that would allow customers to buy drinks from restaurants and walk within a designated area. Right now, the plan includes parts of Main Street and 1st and 2nd Streets. Lowell has two restaurants within the boundary. Only one of them serve alcohol right now. Neighboring areas have seen growth after implementing social districts. We have seen that others have used, utilized it for more restaurants to come in their downtown. Um, so we thought this might be a good tool. Um, the Gas and Business Association hosted 
a session that gave us a lot of information on this. And uh, we, since that point forward, um, we've been looking at maybe this is a possibility for Lowell, maybe it's not. I think that in general, social districts would improve like tourism and uh, general revenue for the city, but I don't see a lot of room for a lot of bars around here. City Council has the final say on whether to implement social districts. The group will vote on October 10th. Reporting in downtown Lowell, Casey Jones, Queen City News. Okay, so there you have the report, and I'm just going to be upfront with you like I always am. I don't get it. Like, I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish by having and allowing three people to drink on the sidewalks during certain business hours. I, I don't I don't understand what you think you're going to accomplish by having four people out there drinking on a Saturday afternoon in the middle of the street or on the sidewalks next to the police department. I will I don't understand. You think you're going to be bring tourism to the one restaurant? Like where are you going to put the restaurants? You're just going to have pop-up beer stands and wine stands and maybe festivals outside like a live after five for the 12 people that live there? Okay. Like maybe you'll bring people in from McCannville who live right next to you. Yards and feet, not miles, but yards and feet. Like the lines are, one is on one side of 85 and the other one's on the other side of 85, right there where you take the exit for the Christmas tree lights. So I, I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish. I don't know if they think it's going to be a revenue stream. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the one restaurant that serves alcohol is going to go, yeah, I'm all in. We want this. Okay, is that going to boost business? It just seems like a waste of time to me. I, next thing you know, somebody like Ranlo is going to try and consider something like this. I don't understand that one either. Like, I'm not saying that they are, but that's the type and size of town that we're talking about. I, I won't understand it, and I don't understand it. But, hey, if they want to vote it in, so be it. The five people that live there will be able to enjoy it. Congratulations. All right, when we come back, let's get into some Carolina Panthers stuff. It's a, it's a tough week right now for Carolina because the Chicago Bears won last night, and now the Carolina Panthers are the only winless team in the NFL. Here's the thing, Carolina Panther fans, I know things are looking doom and gloom, and you could go, oh my gosh, we could have Marvin Harrison Jr. if we still had our pick, and you know what, we could you know, maybe even get a quarterback at number two, Drake May or somebody like that. Here's the thing. You'd probably have a win if you didn't have Bryce Young right now because if you started Andy Dalton, odds are he'd have a win by now, maybe against Atlanta, maybe against some of the other teams, but he may have a win right now. And so you don't know how things would go, and you may end up with more wins, so you, maybe you wouldn't have getting, gotten the quarterbacks or whatever. So just because you have Bryce Young now doesn't mean you would have had the exact same quarter or exact same record without Bryce Young. So I understand people are really upset, but – Look, this is just the way it is, and they went all in on Bryce Young, and that's where you're going to have to sink or swim with with general manager Scott Fitter. But we're going to hear from Bryce Young when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. And right now, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Anna Erickson. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Friday night. All right, so earlier tonight, Right around, oh, 03 o'clock or so, Charlotte City Council member Tark Bakari put out a tweet about an incident happening at Dick's Sporting Goods at South Park Mall. And it was basically, um, you know, a, a, a grab and dash type situation going on at, there. And some people took photos. 
and Tark took some, like, put it out on Twitter. So I want to talk to the council member now about this situation, and that is in his district. So first of all, Charlotte City Council Member Tark Bakari, I truly appreciate you joining us tonight. So what do we know right now? Like, what happened? Yeah, I it wasn't wasn't but a couple hours ago that a uh, constituent uh, called me, and he was walking into Dick's Sporting Goods, and all of a sudden uh, four folks ran out, arms filled with merchandise, and uh, nearly knocked over a lady and her child, and uh, and then they quickly jumped into four separate cars and drove off. I mean, it was planned, organized. We've seen this all over the city. It's not something new. Uh, and and the constituent was able to snap a picture of one of the cars with the license plates that we sent over to CMPD. But you know, it's just another another example of of uh, crime uh, increasing and uh, our leaders doing nothing about it. Talking with Charlotte City Council member Tark Bakari about a grab and dash situation earlier today at South Park Mall with Dick's Sporting Goods. So, Tark, you just said the leaders. What leaders and what can they do about it? Take City Council, for example. This was the first time this week that we actually had a conversation, the first I can remember in years, where um, we were actually talking about the the ordinances that we don't have for things like aggressive panhandling or, you know, defecating in public. So the ordinances and arming them with the teeth is number one. Uh, number two is just not throwing the police under the bus. You know, for the last three or four years um, with defund the police and the riots and everything else, I mean, morale is low. Therefore, we don't have officers. We have over 300 vacancies. So we got to take care of the police officers. And then comes all the other work that's very complicated but not impossible of fixing the broken criminal justice system, making sure that whether it's when the police get them, that they have the teeth they need to be able to do what they have to do to the magistrates and the judges, to the DA and having the resources there necessary to the jails and, and so on and so forth. So it's complicated, but it's not impossible. But we just have showed an unwillingness to even try to get to work on that, despite my pleas for years now, and I think regular people are just getting fed up and ready to do something. Talking with Charlotte City Council member Tark Bakari about a grab-and-dash incident that took place earlier today at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, a lot of people here are worried that Charlotte, the way things are headed, has just become another Atlanta, another Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, that people are just going to take whatever they want, whenever they want, with no repercussions. Absolutely. I mean, Uh, What I've been saying for a while now, but particularly now that the election is coming up, people are kind of paying attention, and they've been paying attention to the issues that have been bothering them. When people wonder, well, oh, well, that seems hard-hearted to do this, or it's a small thing. Why don't we overlook it? It's death by a thousand paper cuts in all these issues. And whether it's homelessness and panhandling and our unwillingness to do anything, well, you know, L.A. didn't happen overnight. And whether it's crime and the crime weight and throwing our police officers under the bus, Chicago didn't happen overnight. And whether it's our transportation system and failing to do what's necessary while we pander on things that are impossible, Atlanta didn't happen overnight. So that that's really, I think, the rally cry for everyone to, to pay attention and why it's so serious. Even though it may not seem important today, the little things, they add up. Charlotte City Council Member Tark Bakari on the phone with us talking about the grab-and-dash situation that happened earlier today at Dick Sporting Goods at South Park Mall. So what happens next? What could happen or what will happen? I continue to sound the alarm. I continue to work, but I'm kind of a a bit of a lone voice in this. We need other people to step up. And 
I think right now with this specific news story, it's it's pretty clear the people around the South Park area, I mean, this just happened a couple hours ago. A, a week ago or less, someone was held up at gunpoint at the South Park Mall, and the week before that, someone right down the street, right next to my own house, was shot twice while jogging at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So, you know, I if if you hear my voice and you are frustrated, start paying attention, start holding people accountable, and, and really pay attention to the local people you're electing and what they're doing uh, when it's not election season, because the answer is nothing's happening. So there you have Charlotte City Council member Tark Pakari, who just, you know, an hour or so ago, or I guess actually three hours ago, put some stuff out on Twitter about a grab and dash that was going on at Dick's Sporting Goods in South Park Mall. And you heard him talk about the other incidents that have started to occur in South Park, which generally was considered one of the safest places in all of Charlotte. Now it doesn't appear that that's the case is that whatever's happening in other neighborhoods is now creeping its way into the rest of the neighborhoods in Charlotte. And that's why people are concerned that Charlotte's going to be a Baltimore, a Chicago, an L.A., a New Orleans, a Memphis, a St. Louis, you know, a San Diego, a San Francisco, a Los Angeles, a Seattle, a Portland, a Minneapolis, Philadelphia. That's why they're so scared about this. New York City, something Latin nature where the local government and the local police decide that they don't want to do anything because they're maybe scared of hurting someone's feelings? I, I, I don't know. But again, and you heard Tark say that the police department is short about 300 people, more than 300. It's actually closer to 500 people because their allotment, they lowered their allotment so it made it look like they're not as short as they really are. And you, you can't count back the what they call hire backs. People that have retired, that come back to work for the police force, but could only work, you know, basically 20 hours a week. They're only allowed to work 1,000 hours a week. And they're the ones generally doing traffic and stuff like that on, you know, Carolina Panther game days and at churches and stuff like that. So you can't count those either because they're really not doing full-fledged on-the-job everyday stuff. They're more or less traffic control and crowd control. So, yeah, they're, they're short about 500 cops, and it's probably only going to get worse the way things are going because you got a lot of cops up for retirement over the next year or two, this year and next year. All right, so when we come back, it's Panthers Friday. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so look, it's Panthers Friday. And right now, I believe the Carolina Panthers are the last team in the NFL without a win. The Chicago Bears got theirs last night against the Washington Commanders. So now that leaves the Carolina Panthers. Things don't look good. Having to go to the Detroit Lions this weekend, they're a pretty good team. Then having to go to Miami the next weekend, they're a really good team. They might even go to the Super Bowl this year. And then there's a bye, and then they have the Houston Texans coming here with fellow rookie C.J. Stroud, who was taken second overall. So we're looking at a sincere possibility of the Carolina Panthers being 0-6 going into their bye week. Bryce Young was asked a lot about that and during the press conference this week about, hey, Are you looking at what C.J. Stroud is doing? Are you looking at other things? What's going on? Have you looked at what you did last year at Alabama? What's the difference? So I want you to hear the questions and answers from Bryce Young at this week's press conference. Bryce, what have you learned about your NFL in your first month in the league? 
Yeah, um, you know, just you know, just the you know, obviously the challenges of just how how consistent um, you know you have to be to have success. Um, there's a lot of consistency from. Um, you know, everyone. Everyone's a good player. Everyone's consistent. Um, a lot of you know, all these games are coming down to a couple of plays, um, a couple, one drive, um, a couple of key plays, um, and you know, that's from what everyone's saying that that's majority of the NFL. Um, and you know, I've been able to experience it. So just being able to value um, each rep, um, understanding that you know, you you're never gonna be perfect, but you got to do everything you can to try to take advantage of all the opportunities you get because they can be limited. Um, so just trying to hone in on my process individually, us as a team, so that we can be we can be consistent. And you know, it comes down to those little things. So um, you know, for us, just trying to strain to to get better at those little things. Bryce, I know you and uh, C.J. Stroud have known each other for years. Are you heartened by his success? Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, it's 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 been really fun just to watch him as as a fan uh, of his of his game and being able to watch him have success means a lot. Um, you know, I'm I'm close to him. He's a great person, uh, great great person on and off the field. Um, and you know, being able to, to watch him have success, it's it's really fun to, to root him on. Um, so it's it's been it's been really cool to, to watch him have the success he's had, watch all the all the all the positive stuff he's been able to put on tape and all, all the good things he's been doing. So um, you know, it, it, it's really great to see. You hungry to have your own so you can one up it? Uh, for me, I'm I'm big on kind of running my own race. Um, you know, I I I'm we're, we're all kind of super supportive of each other within you know just all you know with him. I he, he'd say the same thing. You know, we're all um, just supportive and want to see each other sign. And um, you know, I you know what I have to focus on my on myself and. Um, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to be better and improving, and you know, to do that, you know, I have to, you know, I have to put energy in myself, and I have to earn that right. But you know, at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for him. Um, it's, it's again, it's great to see. Um, but you know, I, I just try to run my own race for whatever reasons going on. I try to control what I can control. So, kind of just focus on that. Bryce, you talk about running your own race, but many will point to the Lions last year starting one and six, and two months later they were in playoff contention. Do you draw on things like that? Uh, maybe to lift your spirits, like there's a whole lot of football left, or or can you can you find ways like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's ways to find perspective and and to you know you look at other people's situations and 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 you know try to find silver linings. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, you talk about the Lions, you know, they had to do the work to turn things around and they put in the work to to change. And it's obviously been on a, a great stretch um, since that you know start last year. But it wasn't, you know, us just seeing that and saying, oh, it's possible, isn't gonna you know allow us to do that. You know, it, it's cool to have perspective and you know, but at the same time, you know, we have to put in the work to earn that. You know, it, it doesn't just come because it, it could happen. Um, so again, it, it you know you try to find a silver lining and. You know, it can be, you know, you, you think about it for a second for positivity, but at the end of the day, it boils down to, you know, what we do to put ourselves in situations. How do we execute? How do we work throughout the week? Um, so I think really more of our energy just goes into that process. Bryce, you knew this would be an adjustment and a process and all that sort of stuff. How do you stay patient when the results haven't maybe come as early as you might have hoped? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, I think you, you just try to take it one play at a time. Um, you know, you, you have to, you know, for me, I'm, you know, especially, you know, where we're at and everything, you know, we have to have urgency and, you know, we have to control, try to control what we control and play it one play at a time. And, um, you know, whatever big picture may be, you know, it, it will be what it is. But, you know, for me, I'm, you know, doing what I can to, to make sure that I'm in the moment. And, you know, honestly, I'm not really thinking about, you know, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it would be fair to, to anyone to think, uh, well, you know, 
we'll just whatever happens this week because maybe there's a week down the line. You know, we we don't. You know, we have to earn the right to to you know to to win games, earn the right to be successful, and we have to give our all to right now. And you know, I think over time things will play out the way that they're supposed to, but. You know, we have to balance, you know, being urgent and making sure we can do everything for today and practice and this week. Um, but at the same time, um, regardless of the results, being able to compartmentalize that, um, understand what can happen, um, and then, um, again, take whatever the result may be and find a way to grow from it. So I think it's just finding that balance of, of you know, still having urgency and making sure that, you know, we're trying to fix things, you know, trying to fix things now, trying to fix things, I mean, trying to be better every single day. Um, and then through the ups and downs there's always going to be those uh just making sure that we're able to be have that balance to, to stay consistent and, and be in a good headspace to do so the lions have a top five defense what are you seeing from them as you're looking at tape preparing for the game yeah uh, it's a really really good unit they play together um really well coached um very physical um you could tell they they, they care a lot they communicate well um you know they're they're very very sound in what they do um so i think it's going to be a good challenge for us um like you said they're 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 an elite defense and you know for us to test ourselves and um for us to have the success we want to have you know we have to earn that right throughout practice to have that uh we have to do earn earn the right to, to put ourselves in the best situation and go out there and, and execute and again they're they, they they look really good on film um you know we've we, we watched the tape and again they're elite defense so um you know that's that's you know that's what NFL is about you know trying to go up you know go up against elite defenses going up against the best and um, again we have to do everything we can throughout the week to earn the right to put ourselves in a position to try to have success um, and you know we're, we're all excited for that challenge. Bryce, you haven't played with Austin Corbett obviously, but I wonder if in looking at cutups from last year or anything you you've seen any piece of his game and what you think he can bring by coming back. Yeah, um, you know he's he's from watching film and watching all the stuff he's put on tape. Um, a great player, obviously someone that you know we, you know we miss. But at the same time, um, it's been really cool to see. Obviously, I haven't been able to play with him on the field yet, but he still had a really big impact on us as a team, as a unit, um, as an offensive, as an O line. Just the the way that he leads, he he's still you would you would if you know if you didn't know and you just walked in, you would never guess it. He's not playing based off how he's, you know, the participation every meeting. He's always saying something. He's always taking notes just like he's playing. He's always talking to guys about you know what he sees or how we should identify certain things. Um, so I think it's just it's been really cool to see his just to see his preparation, his approach um, when he's and you know obviously he hasn't played yet, and um, you know he still has that that approach and that leadership. So. Um, on the field and just you know what he brings on on on, on in all um, phases to us as a team. Um, you know I th- we're we're all really excited for that. Right. How much freedom you given at the line to, to change the play and and how do you feel about the the pre snap decisions you've been making so far? Yeah. Um, you know I'm. It, grateful to, to be able to be with this this staff to where it's a collaboration and there's not egos and you know we, we talk about things and you know they give me the freedom to to do um to do whatever you know needs to happen at the line of scrimmage and you know with that i don't you know i you know make sure that still i'm we're having conversations about what's going to happen you know it's not obviously just freestyling you talk about certain things we talk about answers or certain things so um yeah, I have the freedom, but it's it's a collaboration. We you know we talk about it, we understand what we want. Um, I, I'm always I'm going I'm I'm bouncing off ideas. If there's something I'm thinking about for a specific player, specific look, I talk to them. Hey, what do you guys think? How do we feel about this? And then you know we go back and forth. Um, and then you know I think that there's been there's been good and bad. There's been up and down. There's been you know decisions that I think have been positive and some that that obviously haven't. So um, you know I think I'm just trying to do everything I can to learn from you know learn from both the good and bad in the past and keep growing. Uh, I don't think we asked you this Sunday. Forgive me if we did, but uh, on the last play at the end of the first quarter, 
when y'all had it on the three and Terrace Marshall jumps and then you held the ball and then the guy hit you. Um, and fans wanted an unnecessary roughness call there. Can you describe what happened there and whether you thought it was correct? Yeah, um, I mean, again, whistle was blown, whistle was blown dead. Um, and, you know, they say tried to try to stop that. You know, that's it's not my it's not my call to make. That's not my you know, I, I just I just play football. I'm you know, I'm not the refs. They got a tough job. So, um, you know, that that's up for that's up for however it was perceived. Obviously, it wasn't called. So that's how they saw it. But that, that that's out of my hands. I just try to play football. Did the ref explain to you why it wasn't called? Uh, I think he talked to coach about it, um, whatever, you know, and again, that's coach and, and the ref talking about, you know, they, you know, coach handles that. Um, and, you know, for me, you know, it is what it is. I'm just trying to play football, so I'm just thinking about the next play. So there you have it with Bryce Young. And, again, I always like doing this because I say this every single week. I want you to hear the question in its entirety, and I want you to hear the answer in its entirety. Not little sound bites, not little 15, 30-second snippets. I want you to hear the entire thing. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us tonight. And, again, if you ever miss any part of this, you can just go to WBT.com. And check out the entire show in its all its glory right there on my uh, broadcast page. I think they got it underlisted under the podcast. But you can go there and you can listen to everything right there. And a lot of times they take out all the commercials. All right, so look, have a great weekend. It's going to be a little chilly in the morning, a little bit chilly on Sunday morning, like in the 40s before it gets up into the 70s or something like that. So, you know, bundle up in the morning and then take it off in the afternoon. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again next week. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.